So hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime colon Beast Hunters podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Damn these kids and their phones, I'm David. <laughs> and that's right, with a rebel yell, we're crying more, 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 because it is rebellion. Okay, time for rebelling against things. <laughs> what do you got? Very good. <laughs> That's right, this is fi- the 56th episode of Transformers Prime, the fourth episode of Season 3, uh, written by Stephen Melching, and who previously wrote uh, several other Transformers Prime episodes, most recently, Shadooby, Scattered. <laughs> also, lots of just Transformers episodes just all over the place oh, since, sure. like, Be- Beast Machines. Beast Machines, did a bunch of uh, Robots in Disguise, Clone Wars, X-Men... That mummy animated series that I swear actually existed. <laughs> Which X Men? The <laughs> da, 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 yes, the nineties one. That's that's another uh, Shuki Levy classic. That's right. Ooh, yeah. I shall meet you at the monorail. <laughs> Wasn't a good show, but it's a memorable show. Oh, yes, because most of the voice acting was terrible. Yes. And also all Canadian. Aha. Yeah, that's right. Which explains the weird southern accents. Uh, The woman who plays Rogue is, in fact, now a Canadian politician. Oh, Oh, that's that's right. She was like a cabinet minister in Nova Scotia or something. Ooh, Nova Scotia's nice. nice. Oh, that's nice, eh? I'd like to go up there. They, uh, uh, when she was running for office, one of her opponents tried to use the fact that she had filmed a nude scene as part of the L word as an attack against her. Oh. It was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, there was a, uh, a politician here in Virginia who, uh, who apparently wrote some Bigfoot porn. <laughs> and that was a big what? thing. Uh, and he did actually. He, did he, he end won, up winning? He won his election. Yeah. Well, he's currently uh, like doing some kind of dumb shit because he's on the dumb shit side of politics. Oh, but well, dumb that shit, did but not like, stop him from writing <laughs> Bigfoot. Is his Bigfoot romance oh. big on AO3, or, or has he been rated down since? I th- I think I think this was like a Chuck Tingle type thing. Yeah, I think it was like a self-published Amazon thing. Oh, that's even better and worse. <laughs> Chuck Tingle at least has a level of quality in research. <laughs> anyway. So, Rebellion first aired April the 12th, 2013, and uh, previously on Transformers Prime, a dragon. Optimus Prime, there's a dragon, Optimus Prime's about to die, but everybody else is just hanging out together again. Yes. And also, guns, guns, guns. Oh, previously yeah, like, on Transformers Prime, a goddamn dragon. The big dragon hasn't actually been named in, in the show yet, so um, let's just start calling him something like, oh, I don't know, Drogon? <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect name for a dragon. Uh, Dudley? <laughs> Dudley the dragon? 
It was it was a Canadian children's television show. Oh, okay. Uh, I understand that she named the dragon after someone who was not a dragon, but I just as a writer, I'm going to put on my as a writer hat. This was in the like the first book, by the end yep. of the first book. So he could have gone back and said, "You know what? I should change that character's name to something that's going to sound better when changed no. into a dragon name." <laughs> I didn't, like, didn't. That's like that the stage like of editing I'm at right now. Is I'm like, uh, that doesn't really work with how the yeah, ending how did, goes. So let's change. How did that, that name. get past an editor? Like I, I'm still confused it, it, by that. It's like if you named your dog after a guy named Doug. <laughs> or like at least if you're yes, going to do something that's like that's a legitimate like, thing. Even just saying like Draco is better. But you altered it so his name was actually Doog. Doog. Yes. <laughs> Doggo. Duggo. Oh, like, Drogon is like the worst part. Like, even Aragon is better, and, and most of that is also dragon just jumbled about. Yeah, uh, he, he should have known stubborn. better. He really should have known better. Drogon. He's, he, I mean, that, that wasn't his first rodeo. He had been. No, he'd been a writer for quite a while, but uh, a lot of short stories and stuff and TV writing and things, but. He should have known better. He done novels before that. Sure well, he did those. Uh, what is it? The wild cards. Yes. Yeah, but well, th- those oh, were man. weren't those sh- collections of short stories. Collections of short stories, but yes, it was which like a big, a big overarching anthology thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which always sound like that. Always sounded like a tie into some RPG to me, but it actually started as a book. It's weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So uh, so we, we're all getting together with. Uh, with Fowler, and they were plotting out. Okay, so you know, we the military has the juice to to, to go Michael Bay on Dark Mount, but they've also got a giant ray gun that is pointed at Washington D.C. So they're basically having a Mexican standoff. Yes, they're just they're they're pointing their guns at each other. Mm-hmm. So Magnus, you know, says, you know, we can take out these cannons, but we, because we can't ground bridge out there, we're just going to have to get there. Uh, fa- all fancy like. Yeah. Meanwhile, underground, uh, smokescreen is all. Uh, smokescreen, of course, we remember Officer Prime's about to die, and he's very convinced that he's going to give the Matrix to Smokescreen, even though Smokescreen is all. Eh. Even though Smokescreen is terrible. And even though Smokescreen's main character uh, trait was wanting to be Optimus Prime. He, now he's having second thoughts. Yeah, which is interesting. Yes. I mean, it It, it okay, does... Brain, rewind. Oh, it, it's annoying me. I just had to look this up. We have the tools. We have the talent. <laughs> like, you, you, you're saying fouler lines. It's like, it's like Ghostbusters quote. It was like trying to rip out of my skull. <laughs> oh, I think I think meant they should have said that on the show, and that's that's a one way ticket to getting sued by Dan Aykroyd. I, yeah, well, no, what was it? Th- th- that was um, Winston's line, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure Aykroyd has like a stake in Ghostbusters. Maybe. Well, you could have done Probably. something close to. Well, last episode they had a, the the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many, or the one just slightly rephrased. Well, they've already done that on Transformers. They, in fact, I think they use that exact line in Dark of the Moon. Yes, yeah, said my, by Leonard Nimoy. My father, who is was... a big original original series fan, was deeply offended. 
Was Darker Than Moon before or after this? Before. Okay. Because this is 2013. I think we're getting close to the last night at this point. Yes, because originally they were two years... In fact, when was the last night? Or not, sorry, not the last night. Uh, Age of Extinction. I'm... You looked that up. I'm, I'm just kind of ignore, ignore, annoyed you didn't do that. <laughs> and I had to look it up because my memory sucks. Didn't do what? Because he got Ernie Hudson. Okay, so Age, uh, Age of Extinction was 2014, so it's the next year. But uh, Dark of the Moon was, I think, 2011. So it's it was before this. Okay. The moral of the story is... Quote Ghostbusters. Having Leonard Nimoy say that in that context was terrible. Yeah. Why would yes. you do that? And, Yes. I think the moral of the story is don't cross Dan Aykroyd or he will fit, hollow out your skull and fill it with vodka. That too. That yeah. too. No, we don't need to go on a crystal skull tangent to how that's bullshit. But, <laughs> although I, I really would like to try that vodka sometime. The space between the spaces. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so Prime is all well, isn't it? Even if, you know, I'm, I'm all hopped up on goofballs right now, but also <laughs> the Matrix will make the decision, not me. Yeah, which like I, the the way he's phrasing that, it sounds like the Matrix is like a Green Lantern ring, and it'll just fly and find somebody. It may not ju- just be smokescreen, but it's like I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I mean, kind of it does because like Ultra Magnus couldn't open it, but Hot Rod could. Yeah, well, okay, that does work in the original movie, but it, it's and then also Scourge could open it for some reason. Yeah, but he, it, like, he messed him up really yeah, bad. Yeah, it made him all, like, gross and lumpy. Yeah, <laughs> it made him lumpy. Well, uses of the Matrix in the comic got really weird. No, that was the TV show. That's uh, TV show. another oh, very... Oh, that's a very... St- so know, speaking of episode things. title, that's a very Star Trek-esque episode title, The Burden Hardest to Bear. Yes. Ooh, oh, man, that's a great title. Season three was just really like it really wanted to be serious science fiction. Or I guess probably all the writers wanted to be serious science fiction writers, but they weren't quite cutting it, so they were yeah. writing for Transformers. I mean, I mean, they probably all wanted to write like Star Trek episodes, but the next generation wouldn't come around for another couple of years. Yeah, yeah well, that's that's um, fair. No, that probably would have been about the time that they were like trying to make whatever the next phase, whatever the crap that was originally called. No, that was late. That was late seventies because they ended up like sort of combined. Yes, because it was originally going to star like that that white dude and the bald chick from Star Trek Motion Picture. Oh, mm-hmm. and they kind of like cobbled some scripts together to make uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture, which is oh. why it kind of feels like an episode of Star Trek that they added like an hour of nothing going on to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. as you do. I thought that the next phase but, whatever thing was after the movie. Oh, okay. And then they salvaged some of the sort of relationship stuff from that where you had like this, you know, white dude and then like this weird sex alien who had like a relationship and they transferred that over to uh, Riker and Troy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they, they did, they salvaged like, I think half of the first season scripts are like leftovers from that or ideas from Well, that. I'm not even like the, it was like going well into that because I think there's like a fourth season episode where they meet like an alien who says she's the devil. Oh, you know, here. like you do. Yes. And that's a straight and that was like one of the phase two scripts. Oh, phase two. That's what it's called. And I think it was like all ready to go and there was a writer strike or something. Oh, anyway. So, uh, so back to, uh, back to the episode. 
uh, the Autobots are ready, are ready to spring a trap on the Decepticons, and it all works because uh, Starscream is so mad at those human millennials because they're always on their phones. Yes. So, I mean, oh, to works. be fair, Starscream, don't act like you aren't deeply amused by human internet. We saw those episodes. We saw you looking at the dancing monkey gifts. Oh, come on. Oh, important point here. Louisiana does exist on the map we see on the Decepticon screen. It's a different map that does not include Canada or Mexico, though. Well, it just shows the U.S., which is kind of... For the Autobots to use that because they they had a U.S. government facility, that would make sense. But the Decepticons, Mm -hmm. what the fuck do they care about international and state borders? I mean, I guess they're dealing with uh, Fowler, who is explicitly an American. So maybe they have like a different map if they call up, you know, but, Department H or Alpha Flight or but whatever. But it's the th- yeah. like, this is where they're tracking the Autobots and shit. Well, when we get to that part, like, it's just, why, why is it the U.S.? Thank you for including Louisiana in its correct location. <laughs> but. Yes. Uh, so anyway, um, Raf makes a call. He's in one location. Um, you know, so, you know, they send a bunch of guys there. Miko orders a pizza from another place. Uh, or, sorry, two pizzas. No, she, Sicilian two Sicil- style. Oh, two, yes. I haven't had Sicilian pie in a while. I think I might go out and get one tomorrow or get some slices. But she was calling from the set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I mean, the episodes where they went to New York City. In the yes. underground. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they're about to run into Sam Rockwell and Casey Jones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very young Sam Rockwell. Yes. Regular or menthol. <laughs> I always forget that, Sam. <laughs> and then Raph calls from a third location, so they are basically crank calling yes. the Decepticons. Yeah. And it works. Starscream sends... He sends some Insecticons, even. Just like, yeah. cool. And and then they, 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 they Jack calls in, imitating Decepticon... And I don't know why they're all, well, he, they're never going to believe it. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure a bunch of those Decepticons have just been voiced by his voice actor. <laughs> so like a slightly more gravelly yeah. voice. Yes. She's like, oh yeah, we're being attacked in this mine. You got to send some guys. And these miners are just there and they're, these Insecticons drop in. Like anybody ordering Insecticon? And, sir, uh, sir, what are you doing here, sir? <laughs> I am your singing insectogram. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little like that, yeah. (laughs) And they also, you know, figure out that they are at the Harbingers. He sends a bunch of guys to blow it up as well. Well, he's about to. He's about to, and then Wheeljack and Bulkhead just, just start hucking grenades at it. Yes. And Bulkhead has, like, this super cool, like, rocket launcher bazooka thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Wheeljack has, and like, an Energon An Electro Whip. Yeah. He's got this really, it's cool, but also it's ridiculous that he's just, like, smacking jets and insecticons out of the air with this super long yeah, it, energy whip. He's a regular Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little ridiculous. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe Wheeljack was just kind of already into that, so he ha- already had the whip skills. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Maybe that's how he held up to that interrogation so well. 
<laughs> he was actually kind of into it. He wasn't going to let on, but yeah. Your, your pleasure levels are illogical. <laughs> exactly. I feel uncomfortable now. <laughs> That's the point at which Shockwave went back and was like, I could not get anything out of him. Also delete that surveillance footage. <laughs> So anyway, everybody's attacking, uh, shockwaves are, well, you know, uh, you know, when, when you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. And when you have a giant robot dragon, everything looks like, I guess, something that is eaten by giant robot dragons. <laughs> yes. Every problem looks super flammable. Yeah. But it is very quickly dispatched. They lure it away with the iron will, and then they do some thinking with portals <laughs> And just send this thing to the friggin' Arctic where it freezes solid. Immediately, too. Like, yes. not even... It doesn't even take long. He's just like, I'm freezing up. He yeah, roars and his wings are out. It's very impressive. Maybe it's, maybe it's like how when you have, like, a hot frying pan, you can't put it in the water right away or it'll crack. Well, yeah, maybe. The thing, and because like, it's so hot from breathing fire. If he, like, started cracking, it would have made more sense, but he, like, freezes quicker than Prime and Arcee, who were there for a couple hours and were just slowing down, not, like, instantly freezing with his wings out. It's, it uh, seems silly. I mean, it's a good answer to the fire dragon. It's like, oh, send him into the Arctic. That'll slow him down. But that he freezes solid is kind <laughs> of silly. Yeah. He should have, like, set fire to the, some of the snow angrily, and there's just a cl big cloud of fog and was lost in cut to next scene instead of turning it to a statue that they have to go fetch later. It is pretty cool, though. Yes. Oh, no! It's, it's, I'm going to, from now on, I'm going to refer to that as the skydive ending. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're lost in the Arctic, and then eventually they go dig you up because they need you. And then, uh, and then Shockwave just decides to get into the fray by just jumping down. Like, doesn't this place have an elevator? Yo, you it's... would think so, but I guess not. Maybe he's too or cool. Or stairs. For, he's too cool for elevators. Well, he's, he's been on Cybertron all alone for who the frick knows how long. Maybe he's used to the power not being there and not expecting the elevators to work. So he just walks down. Admittedly, him jumping down is kind of cool. It is cool because he's like, got like big stompy yeah. feet. Yes. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, underground, Optimus Prime is just straight up dying, and he is about to go into the light. Yeah, he's not doing good. And, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh my, I believe we also have a special guest star in this episode, Captain. Yes, it's time for a special, not actually animated guest star. Yeah, wow, they, like... They might as well have just put in a production still of George Takei. <laughs> I mean, that would have been pretty cool. Been more effective? Like, I would have loved that. I have chosen the form of this devastatingly handsome <laughs> Japanese-American actor. <laughs> Basically. Basically. You may be familiar with him from the program Star Trek. Yes. You know, it took me until the sixth movie to get my own ship, because Shatner is a real <laughs> dick. <laughs> anyway, also... uh Anyway, also, oh yes, Prime, go into the light, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's nice to have Takei back, but uh, it's like, like, did they have, like, an Alpha Trion there, and he's not animated? Like, he has his hand out to shake hands. Can't you just, 
Can you at least do the mouth? Do the mouth, or or, <laughs> or he, if the hand isn't even animated, it's just a static hand. Like they could have just yeah. made somebody else's hand glow, but no, it just they could have oh, done I'm the so, thing I, where it's like you're moving one like cell a layer over the other. Yeah, Something. like they could have just moved the layer with his arm. Or, or just make him a big face or something. Like fudge the details so it's just a face. Yeah, all of that would have been good. Any of that would have been good. So, I'm sorry, Optimus. I'm needed on another plane of existence. I had to leave my cardboard standee <laughs> here. I was about to say, yeah, it's, it's just filming a cardboard standee. Buy my book. Buy my book. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's... So weird. I, no, actually, that one was more animated because Jay Sherman's hand woke. Yeah, uh, did a wave. Yes. Uh, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know anything about computer animation or budgets, but this is a little. Well, embarrassing. yeah, yeah. Entire, it's just weird. That, like they have an entire character design, not a character model. Okay, I can grant that building an entire one for one shot is kind of ridiculous, although they did build an entire shockwave for an episode, not planning on bringing it back, but at least he was moving around, but... And this is the second time we've seen him. This, I... Something. Something more than just this glowing standee. <laughs> I mean, they made those Tri-Predicus Council guys for Beast Wars, and that's with 90s technology, using what I'm sure was way less money. Yeah, like, uh, just... More of a degree of slapping. And those guys only appeared in one scene. Yes. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so we're, but luckily this, this fight is actually very well animated. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fights have gotten really, well, that's kind of like a lot of this episode is fighting. And it's hard to talk about fighting other than, hey, that shot looked really cool, or that shot looked a lot like a video game. There's a really cool shot where Ultra Magnus, like, just, crashes into the command room. Yeah. And yeah, I guess like, there's like a so there's like a computer screen right in, right behind a window so he goes through the window and through this computer screen which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah like that seems like a very bad place to put that. <laughs> like maybe don't put that there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much of this was like consciously designed because they just did this by shooting like a god ray into the ground. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that also, like, you know, feng shui'd the whole thing as well. Yeah. Judging not, by bits you, of the outside. You don't even, like, don't even put your command center against, like, up against an external wall. That's just a bad, bad idea. <laughs> like, just put a window there. Well, there was a window there, and then somebody stuck a console in front of it. It feels kind of like they just moved some shit into this building that was built like it fractally grew. And it's like, okay, let's figure out how to decorate this shit. We need three consoles here. I guess one goes in front of the window. Listen, we have to put it by the outlet, unless you're going to get more extension cords. I mean, okay, oh, that's... Oh, yeah, oh, the outlets, yeah, the, the outlets are a problem. Like, it's under the window in weird spots. Like, why does this room only have two sockets? We need five. Uh, and I'm not running it under the carpet. Why are We're none just going to be tripping grounded? over that all the time. I'm not using the non-grounded plug adapter for this computer workstation. That's a terrible idea. 
Oh god! Oh god! These are European. These are never going to work. <laughs> what, what, why does the internet come in from one end of the house, but it runs under to the other end of the house to come in the house? Why? <laughs> I really could use some more electrical uh, sockets. Why the fuck aren't they by doors? Uh, spoilers: This won't be a problem for much longer. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a temporary issue. Anyway, so Megatron and Ultra Magnus have a really cool fight. Yes. Yes, they do. They're just smacking each other all over the place. It's really great. So we're uh, we're back underground. Prime is about to go into the light. He's about to take Alphatron's non-animated hand. <laughs> Somehow. They won't show it directly because they don't actually want to have to make it interact. It'll it'll and... be like Silverbolt and Black Arachnia kissing. <laughs> So Optimus Prime dies because he's Optimus Prime and that's what he does. That's, that's his job. That's his yep. role. The chest the chest opens up and or, and uh, the matrix comes out and then Smokescreen does the exact thing that I was joking about happening in the last episode <laughs> where he opens up Prime's oh, yeah. dead hand. No, you puts the puts the forge in it and then makes him hammer You're himself, I guess. Like he doesn't hammer himself ago. with it. Just holding it is enough to make it Apparently. fix him. Are you sure? Yeah. I think there's hammer. No, he doesn't hammer. He doesn't well, hammer himself. It just shows him. I think they just cut. see it. We just see a glow start. I think they cut away because it would be too silly. Okay, yes. that's that. I will absolutely accept that. That uh, headcanon accepted. Uh, anyway, so uh, Megatron really just, as always, he kind of just wants to know what's up with Optimus Prime. Like, where is he? What's he doing? Can he come here so I can fight him? <laughs> well, he's obsessed with his ex. It, it's it's always a problem. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Ult- Ultra Magnus tells him to go suck eggs, and so, you know, Megatron's like, well, okay, just kill them all. Yeah. But, uh, oh, something's incoming, and it, uh, has anybody here seen... Coming of the Fusors Part 2? Because <laughs> that is pretty much what is about to happen. And uh, it's 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 new it's new toy selling time. Yes, and, uh, uh, Optimus got uh, swole. Yeah, to use the uh, the uh, common vernacular, oh lord, he coming. <laughs> yeah, oh yes, that's, it, that's it, better. He I'm is an absolute it. unit. It is Chonktimus Prime. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because well, the first thing I thought it was he, he's thick, but he's not really thick. His his thighs haven't gotten any bigger. Everything else has. Yes. <laughs> he has gone chonk, you are right. I I do really like though that everybody's like, that can't be an Autobot. Autobots don't, don't fly. fly. Like both Starscream and Ratchet are like, this can't be right. Yeah. Which is like you realize, oh yeah, in this series, yeah, Autobots don't fly, haven't you? Like G one broke that rule real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they were, it, it was basically just depended on how the, how the writer was feeling about things that week. Yeah. Maybe they have to turn into a plane. Maybe they can just fly like Superman for no reason. Yeah. Or maybe they, they need a jetpack to fly, and, but they can hand the jetpack off to Optimus conveniently. Yeah. They need it, but they can give it to somebody else. That's fine. Anyway, I, I like that they ask Starscream, like, what, what is, is, is it the Predacon? And Starscream says no, because it doesn't, it's not beastie enough. <laughs> See, that's the word he uses, is beastie. 
Which, well, to be fair, like it's a flying brick, uh, almost. Just red. Yes. Yeah, it's not animal shaped at all. So, so he comes, he kicks, he can fly. He's got like uh, he's got old painless on his arm. Oh yes. well, you know, it, it, it's an eight barrel, but it's it's ridiculous in mass. It it's it's so weird for Optimus to be like this giant bulky. Super robot thing. No, he's Gundam heavy arms is what he is. Uh, I mean, he's he's also a little optimal Optimus. A little bit. Yeah, and, he's, well, I mean, wings, he's big and square and boxy all of a Cybertron sudden. Cybertron Optimus? Yes, he's yeah, very Cybertron Optimus, especially in the chest. Yes. Like, his windows are very Cybertron. I mean, he definitely looks like none of those truck parts form his actual truck mode. Uh, he looks story, like the yeah. kind of Optimus where all of that is just like armor parts, and underneath that is a smaller Optimus. Yes. Was that actually what was going on with this toy? It wasn't, was it? No, I think he actually did have like mostly truck parts okay. on his actual Maybe. truck parts. Okay. I think I have a redeco of it somewhere. It, well, like with, with, with uh, Predator King last episode, I got a toy somewhere. I just haven't opened the the crate that they're in. It, it is a pretty cool toy. Yeah. And he also has a sword, which I think is going to come into play later. I love the sword. I immediately gave it to somebody else. Because it's great. <laughs> it's a good sword. Yeah, so Prime's back. Uh, Megatron is super mad about this. We get, like, a great uh, Frank Welker, Optimus! Yes. Yell. And also a great line from Ultra Magnus, who says, uh, Prime, you're looking robust. <laughs> That was really good. <laughs> so the Decepticons get their asses kicked. We see a scene of Shockwave with like a bunch of uh, Autobots hanging off him, like that big fight scene at the end of yes. Infinity War. Yeah. Yes, he puts up a good And he's even a big purple guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and geez, and, uh, no, nobody... and at the end of the episode, he does just casually turn and walk through a portal as if it ain't no thing. Like you do. Yep. <laughs> oh, it, because, yeah, so they, so everything, you know, th they're not worried about it firing at Washington, D.C. now because everybody's occupied. So Fowler sends in the Sky Strikers, which I yes, think is a G.I. Joe reference. Yes, that is a G.I. Oh, Joe jet. Oh, I, I, I was thinking of a different joke. He, he's part of the Sky Surfers, or Sky Strikers Surf Force. No. <laughs> I, no. No. <laughs> Uh, the main thing I remember about that show is that A, a bunch of them had terrible pun names, including a guy named Sore Loser. Yes. It's like S-O-A-R. Uh... And, uh, the theme song was by a Japanese rock band called Super Junkie Monkey. <laughs> wow! I did not know that part. Um, are you familiar with Super Junkie no, Monkey? No, I should be. It just sounds great. I, I just know it. The, that the weird trivia of that show has come up on this before and eventually we're probably gonna have to watch it. <laughs> Ah oh, man, we probably are. The, the Wikipedia describes them as an all-female Japanese funk metal group, which sounds amazing. You know, like you do. <laughs> uh, anyway, so oh, um, uh, well, Optimus and Megatron are having their fight. Oh yeah, they have a fight in the sky, which probably annoys Megatron because he has to transform to fly, but Prime don't anymore. Well, I think it's kind of the opposite, because I don't think Optimus can fly in vehicle. Yeah, it is weird. But, like, Optimus grabs Megatron's jet and spins him around, 
while shouting Megatron be gone. <laughs> yes. Which seemed just too cheesy. It was very Beast Wars, I thought. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm never going to complain about something that is very Beast Wars, but it is a little cheesy for this show. Hmm. Yeah, the show tends to take itself a little more seriously. Yes. So, so anyway, these these Skystrakers go full Michael Bay on Dark Mount. Yes, just explosions everywhere. I expect to see Tyrese yelling somewhere on the ground. I think they even use the word, the phrase, bring the rain. Uh, I was going to say something about left cheek, but <laughs> also bringing the rain. Uh, that that guy from Boston just uh, talking about, uh, you know, going to Fenway before he gets impaled by a robot scorpion. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get for being from Boston. Ever had this uh, Wicked Sucks? Gonna see the socks now. Got a just got killed by a, by a space robot. I hate that. I hate it when that happens. Uh, it's okay. So the Decepticons are booking it. Most of the Decepticons get uh, to the Nemesis, but Shockwave hilariously is just very casually summoning up a space bridge moments be- and just casually strolling into it moments before yeah, he's crushed by as debris. Slow as possible. Oh, that, that's baller. I yeah, I was kind of oh, he... disappointed that it was wasn't shot from an angle that would have made him walking slowly away from an explosion. Because it <laughs> and then, was he, then he takes it. Definitely that kind of walk. It, it looks like he is one of the founding members of Dreamwave. <laughs> <laughs> also, Megatron. He should have he should have somehow taken off like a single lensed sunglass. Also, Megatron Logic dictates that you will the, deal with it. The least G1 here because he doesn't want to retreat. Oh no. When in G1 that was what Megatron was most notable for was telling retreat. Yeah, it's oh, and it is kind of an aversion cuz the star screams all staring at him he's like uh, on the ground it's like uh, no, nah, let, let's like, carry him out. I I am loyal star scream now. I am being loyal today. I have to practice my loyalty. Pick up Lord Megatron's sad little fussy body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, hey, why don't I get an upgrade? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, yeah usually. Sadly, he never got that uh, that Aww. weird Sharktacon body on the show. Which is a, a great ridiculous toy. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So you know we're we're back at uh, back at Unit E. Uh, you know, well, Fowler's... No, the, 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 all that Cybertronian technology, the whole tower just falls because they shot the top of it, and Megatron crashed into the the wave motion gun, whatever the fucks. So there's all this, and it was kind of Cybertron- top heavy. All this Cybertronian technology is just littering the desert to, for somebody to pick up later. Mm-hmm. The, the Eye of Straxus has fallen. Well, I guess it's a good thing that Mech isn't around anymore. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, if this show had gone longer, we might have seen like the uh, like the Michael Keaton from mm, Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming type guys. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. I guess it was probably for the best that they are no longer around because that would be a a very interesting complication having them getting involved while the Decepticons are being active on the planet. 
Oh yeah, I mean that that is a two parter there. Yes. You know, Mech trying to get the remains of this thing, which they're presumably shipping off to Area Fifty One or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, Fowler's giving him a big speech about you know how grateful Earth is for their sacrifices, and I guess you just get to crash here now. It's cool. We'll let you. Stay. Oh, I should have written down what he, what he was saying, yes. but basically he was saying thank you for liberty and justice for Fowler. Yes, and earlier in the episode, I believe he makes some sort of. Uh, exclamation about oh. Paul Revere's horse. Yes, that was a great one. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, the, uh, problem with the Ford Souls Prime now, it's, uh, it's empty. And, uh, and Ratchet almost looks like he's gonna guilt Smokescreen about it. Almost. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, n- nice job bringing Optimus Prime back to life. Jerk. <laughs> now we never have, now we know Cybertron's just dead forever. I mean, he was really upset about them breaking the Omega lock. Yes, so he was. I can, I can see him being like that, but, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, no, but instead he's all, okay. you know, no, you, you did the right thing, kid. I'm, I'm not going to be mean to you for a short period of time. <laughs> he's just going to be his standard baseline mean. <laughs> Cause he's always a little mean. Uh. And so that is the episode, and uh, that is the end of this fourth, uh, this four-parter. So who was rebelling here? I think the Autobots were rebelling against the Decepticons, even though Decepticons really only controlled, like, this building. Yeah, yeah and there, it's not like the Autobots lived in that building. It's not like it's an, an uprising of the proletariat or something. It's just... It's it's like how John McClane wasn't rebelling against Nakatomi Plaza. Yes. Yes. So I I have to say that this isn't quite on uh Unicron trilogy levels, but the the title could be better. Yes. I I was expecting this to be the one where oh things happen with our Predacon friend, but yeah, no. because you know that that could be a rebellion, but yeah. no. No, that's going to come later. Froze. He just got sky-fired. <laughs> yep. So we're all going to pretend that he's dead, and then we're going to uh, thaw him out in, like, five episodes. <laughs> yes. That's so weird. <laughs> Poor Skyfire. Anyway, so that is uh, that is the episode, and uh, that is it for this week. We'll be back next week uh, with more Transformers Prime. But until then, we are all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net. Uh, we have a Patreon set up to help with our various expenses. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, and for a mere dollar a month, uh, you can get our special episodes we do monthly there, uh, including our back catalog. And this month, we are returning to Kimono Friends, uh, which we have some exciting news about. Uh, but you will have to listen to that podcast to get that exciting news or, you know, be on Twitter at all. Uh, <laughs> at least anime Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, that that is definitely something that has helped a lot. Uh, so, you know, I'm not paying for our hosting out of pocket anymore. And it's very helpful. Uh, I was not, however, uh, we did not have enough in the Patreon account to pay for me to drive into DC to go to 
which one was it, David, that you wanted me to go to? Uh, uh, Otakon? Yeah, to go to Otakon and buy David some DVDs. <laughs> just, just, well, well, it's a package, well, it's, um, Blu-ray on DVD, or DVD on Blu-ray thing. Yes. The, the point is, that would have been a pretty extensive trip. Also yeah. expensive. <laughs> anyway, Patreon, it's a good thing. Thumbs up. Yes. So until next time, we embark on a new project, Predacon. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Could it be Project CCC Cons instead? <laughs> See? No. Uh, at best, you're getting Project X, in which Matthew Broderick befriends a monkey. No, that sounds dumb. And then I think it dies or something. That's, that's, a, that's a sad movie. What? Gonna, he's, he's like in the military or something, and they're doing like chimp experiments, and he befriends this horrible. chimp. And I can't, I can't remember if the chimp dies at the end or not. I, I think they let some chimps out at the end, but like, I'm not sure if they. Anyway, I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible, and I don't like uh, it. Yeah.